Welcome to Stance for Health podcast with Dr. Rod and Karen Wirth, where becoming healthy is not complicated. Control your health by focusing on six areas of life that we teach you so you finally have the energy you want, have to do what you want instead of being a victim of your age. I have over 20 years experience working as a chiropractor and Karen is a author, speaker, and longevity coach. We've seen how a tiny change in your habits today can open up your life to a powerful future. Start today and take your stance for health. Welcome to Stance for Health. We are excited today to talk to you about sleep. It's something that we all need and we all have varying degrees of how well we do that. I didn't sleep well last night and boy, I felt it. Have you ever had one of those mornings after you did not sleep well and you just, everything seems on a different frequency or something's not right. So Dr. Rodney is going to talk to us on about why we need good sleep. I think about one of the first things in brain vernacular is some of the most recent discoveries in the last three years that we didn't really know was even a system. Now it's called a system. It's actually called the glymphatic system. So for those of you who've heard a little bit about the lymphatic system, this is somewhat similar because there's still a fluid involved, but it's not attached to lymphatic, the lymphatic system directly. What happens is when you're sleeping, the pineal gland does its job by squeezing melatonin, so to speak, its contents into fluid spaces in your brain that are called ventricles. And it's actually a greater amount because it's darker. So the darker it gets, the more melatonin you produce. Now, obviously you have to have good, a good gut in order for that to happen it's a substance in your brain that helps keep you asleep. So if you have trouble staying asleep, there's a, there's a chance that something is disrupting that internally, but it might be an external thing. It might be a darkness issue related to melatonin. So a melatonin deficiency, deficiency due to darkness deficiency. So getting into a little bit more depth about some of the specific terms that the glymphatic system is actually operational with is the nutrients that we need are actually helping to bind with toxins. Some of the specifics of those toxins are, you know, you think about tau protein. Well, tau protein is, I thought all proteins were good. Not all proteins are good. Some of them are bad. Some of them are byproducts of what your brain is actually doing during the day. It's a little bit like a computer and its enemy is heat. Our enemy is extra protein called tau that is a little bit like the carbon in your engine, right? And so you have to have a higher octane of fuel, a better octane of fuel, burn that off or find a way to clean it off. And that's what your glymphatic system does. So the glymphatic system happens only when you're asleep? That's correct. Because we, then that's why we never discovered it before is because we didn't, the sleep study wasn't looking for another system. <laughs> the sleep study was just looking for why you were having trouble sleeping. And it might've looked at the pineal gland, but it wasn't until recently, the details of which I, I need to 
read in a little bit more that but, we discovered the glymphatic system. If I remember correctly, it was a study about Alzheimer's and that it was as they did that study, that's when they discovered the correlation where those with Alzheimer's had had years of not sleeping well. I remember my mom, particularly who had mild dementia. I remember her beginning to have trouble sleeping where she had never before. It was one of the things that was it a, a cart or a horse? Was it a symptom or a cause? And so what I'm hearing you say, Dr. Rodney, is that lack of sleep actually does something inside the brain. I also think it's, it's, it's funny you should say that. I think about one of the major players isn't just tau protein, but it's also related to glutamate and how excited toxins in, in our bodies from what we from what we take in namely the major culprit is MSG because that actually has extra glutamate with it right so that breaks up and it's an excitatory normally a nutrient found in, in normal amounts it's okay but the minute you start getting too much glutamate it actually starts causing problems and it's really like the gun that uses extra calcium to blow holes in your brain and excite these neurons to the point of death. How that we'll have to explore that in more detail because I think I, most people think they're okay too, because they, they read on the label, no MSG. When we began two years ago to change our diet, our way of eating, our way of life, we focused on the pantry first and I went to the spices and I'll never forget that I had just bought a garlic blend at my favorite store, a large one. So it's a discount store. It said in big letters on the front, no MSG. Well, armed with our list of other names for MSG, it had four of them. It was almost impossible to keep that. Like we've said jokingly before, we we threw it out and apologized to the trash can. The point being that it is, there is so much of that, particularly in our fast food. So that, wow, that MSG then, uh, that and your brain is excited and it just won't shut down. Is that what we're saying? I think that's the case with a lot of folks that have insomnia and they just don't know why. You know, I'd also like to explore what was the actual inciting incident that kept you awake last night? Well, in my case, I couldn't shut my brain off from something that I had watched just shortly before bed, about an hour before bed, we had watched something on TV that was a very gruesome something image. And so as I slept great until 2.22, which interesting, especially since I'm launching my podcast on 2.22.22. But then as I went to go back to sleep, I couldn't because I kept seeing that gruesome picture. It kept coming up in my mind. So it's like my mind wouldn't turn off. Another thing that goes along with that, that we didn't do, that I thought we did really well last night was to stay away from blue excitatory light or hyper blue light, which over excites a part of the brain that keeps you awake also. And you're actually supposed to be getting full spectrum light, which ironically actually helps to stimulate the production in your gut of serotonin, which eventually becomes melatonin. 
So it's all interconnected. So the dangerous effects of lack of sleep, it affects everything. It affects weight gain. We've already talked about the mental issues, but difficulty concentrating, it brings on extra stress, mood changes hormone imbalance. And and uh, you had mentioned earlier about accidents. It's the statistic that I remember, and that's been a while since I've heard it or read it, was that it is by far the unsung anti-hero, really. It's something like 6,000 fatal car crashes a year in, in the United States just from drowsy driving. And that's the one that those are the ones that are reported. Because there was a fatality. Right. So I I just, it's, so it's right up there in the big leagues with, with other, you know, chemical induced issues Mm -hmm. like alcohol and, and even maybe marijuana or. So the sleep foundation actually reported that more than a third of Americans don't get the minimum recommended amount, seven to eight hours of sleep. And that 10 to 30% of adults struggle with chronic insomnia. So that means that it happens to them frequently and it just doesn't go away. But here's an interesting statistic, an estimated economic impact of over $411 billion. With a B? B. Wow. So you can see that how important it is for you to get good sleep. And so what we'd like to do is we'd like to give you some sleep secrets. And we're going to divide this into two podcasts. You're going to get as a total of 10 sleep secrets, but we're going to go ahead and give you the first five. And Dr. Rodney already referred to the fact that you need to find a way to sleep in the dark. Can you give us more details about that? Even the slightest little bit amount of light. uh, I've heard it again. It's probably been two or three times the amount of light that can actually keep your pineal gland from producing the proper amount of melatonin. And it's something as simple as the light from your watch, the light from your phone, the light from the the smoke alarm, just a little bit of light coming in around the drapes uh, or through the blinds, just about anything in your bedroom that produces some form of light when in absolute darkness that shines like a it shines like a match or a a candle or a flashlight and that will wake it up and that will keep the production of melatonin down isn't that 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 was that just blew me away and the other fact is that it's can also increase breast cancer, that not having complete darkness can increase. Uh, because of the melatonin cancer connection. Yes. Yeah. So on the practical side, you need to get rid of those nightlights, close your door, use blackout shades. And this is the one where I have a problem. If I get up in the middle of the night to make sure that I don't turn on a light, but I can't have a light in the bedroom. So I want to make sure that I have a clear path to the bathroom door should I have to wake up so that I don't have a broken toe. It's happened to me before. So those are those are things that we can do. Or run into the chest of drawers. Yes. Sleep number two, keep it cool in your bedroom between 60 and no more than 80 degrees. So the the reason for that is that your body temperature drops to a slow to its lowest level while you're sleeping, about 4 hours after you fall asleep. And so that cooler temperature mimics the rhythm of your body. So we we keep it freezing in that. <coughs> Sorry, yeah, it's it was 60 
in our house when we went home for lunch today. <laughs> Still 60, but it doesn't get below 60. Otherwise, that'd be too cold. Yes, that temperature is important. Okay, sleep tip number three, go to bed early. The best time is between nine and 10. Can you tell us more about that, Dr. Rennie? Parts of your body that are systems, and one of the systems in your body is is known as the endocrine system. And that's a pineal gland is part of that. And outside of your brain is something that your brain will check with, and that'll check with the amygdala for different responses. And one of them is a fight or flight response or fear response, or should I be afraid? It's also going to run through the adrenal glands. The adrenal glands have this ability to get information processed or help process your thoughts or those feelings, if you will, the fight or flight reality, unpacking a lot of that stuff between 11 and 1 in the middle of the night. So if you don't get to bed before that time, a lot of times it's hard for the adrenal glands to do their job. Excellent. And so establish a steady rhythm of when you go to sleep consistently, even on weekends, same time, and also be careful that you don't eat just before going to bed because that also can interfere with that whole system. That's actually a really good segue. Don't eat in bed either. Because that's like the supper table. For many, it is. Might they be have, time to relax, but not time to sleep. Any which, other mixed messages, I think, is what you're, you're going to speak about, right? Right. Because sleep tip number four is keep your bed as a place to sleep. Mm. Can you imagine the double whammy of a bad dream produced by a gory show with the blue light that's coming off of the screen in your bedroom and, and having that on all night playing in the background. That's going to keep your adrenals firing off, going to deplete your melatonin stores in the pineal gland and so on. We were presenting this to a group and what we found out was that we had one woman come up to us when we said, use your bed, don't use your bed to watch TV. She says, oh, that's the only way I fall asleep. And I said, how's that working for you? Uh, Not too well. It's like a, like a companion that, that won't leave you alone. It's um, a, a deleterious, a bad, a bad friend. We know this is not going to be popular, according to a survey, that approximately 90% of those surveyed have a television in their bedroom. So we recommend that for better sleep, you move the TV out of the bedroom, make it a sanctuary, make it a place where you can truly rest. Wow. And the last tip we're going to cover in this particular podcast is go to bed every night and get up in the morning at the same time, even on weekends. I had alluded to that. So what that means is you are establishing routines and see that was not a problem before electric lights. People went to sleep when the sun went down, they got up when the sun came out. And so the rooster, there was their alarm. They didn't have their alarm by the, the bed, but it has to do with your endocrinology and your metabolism, because if you're trying to sleep. And that's been, I know that's been around for a while. You can't make up for lack of sleep. And so some people say, well, you know, I'm going to sleep four hours every night. And then on the weekend, I'm going to try to sleep a lot. That's actually bad for you. Mm -hmm. So by changing your sleeping patterns over a short period of time, you're causing your natural circadian rhythm to get out of sync. Mm -hmm. That's right. So what's the practical that we do on that? 
Dr. Rodney? I, I would be alluding to the next step and next practical step, but establishing, you know, relaxing rituals before we go to bed, things that are kind of in our pattern. Yeah. I rub her feet or we play. I'm game, spoiled. Or we play the, we play some kind of like dominoes game. We started doing that recently from one of our colleagues. He's recommended that. That seemed to work out really well. We we're both yawning at each other two out of 12 rounds, you know, yeah. before we start getting sleepy. Yeah. So these teachings are intended to prolong your life, that you can live a long, healthy, vibrant life. And that's what we want for you. And that's what we call it stance. We call it take your stance for sleep. And we look forward to talking to you in the next podcast about five more ways that you can do that. If you liked this episode, please share it with others, subscribe to it. And we would love if you would write us a review. It would help us a lot. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us at Stands for Health podcast, where getting healthy and staying that way are not as complicated as you might think. Subscribe now and discover steps and small changes that can increase your energy and open the door to vibrant health and longevity. If this podcast has been helpful, please write a review. We'll see you next time.